Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all the Cardinals fans, for the ones who rep the bird game, it's kickoff in the valley. Now here's your host, Tyler Vazquez. Tyler Vazquez. Welcome in, my friends, to the Kickoff in the Valley podcast. Where, of course, I am the voice of the bird god, producer Adam Armbrecht but only the table setter for the man, the myth, the legend, the leader of the Bird Gang Travel Club, Mr. Tyler Vasquez. How are we, sir? Conference uh, championship just wrapped up, and uh, the Cardinals are talking about head coaches and everything other than football. Uh, Kyle Odegaard, our good friend, a uh, friend of the show, friend of the program, I should say. It's always, mm. always uh, been a dream of mine to say that. Um, Kyle threw out a nugget yesterday that whoever wins this Super Bowl matchup between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, they will have more wins at State Farm Stadium than the Cardinals had this season. Just that out there, a oh, quality no. nugget. Uh, the Cardinals had one win this season at home, and uh, they did lose to both the Eagles and the Chiefs. So whoever wins that game will have had more home wins at State Farm Stadium. You know how uh, the Bengals and their their posse were all calling Arrowhead Burrowhead. I mean, whoever wins this game could call State Farm Stadium whatever they want at that part. At that yeah, point, Pat Head or yeah, could yeah, be, uh, whatever you want to could be Hertz Head. We don't know. Pat, Pat Farm Stadium. Um, Pat Farm Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, obviously it will be. So I, it was um, man, it's been interesting because the 49ers Eagles game doesn't go. We're going to get into obviously some head coaching updates around Sean Payton, some more requests made by the organization to speak to potential candidates, as well as a little look at a player. Um, who's been moving along throughout these playoffs and maybe was an opportunity for the Cardinals to have a little bit more success this past season. But as the conference championships wrapped up over the weekend, the Eagles 49ers game, that doesn't go really the way anyone's anticipating. You're not going to get, you know, third string quarterback. I think Brock Purdy has outperformed that, 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 uh, stigma but josh johnson being the fourth string quarterback that feels legit so that one gets derailed in a hurry you don't get a chance for like a real contest there and then the Bengals chiefs one it's back and forth man but qb injuries have played such a big factor this season i mean obviously the cardinals uh suffered the loss of kyler murray during this year but when you look around the league man there were significant losses here all the way into the playoffs is jalen hurt's shoulder 100 patrick mahomes might be literally out there on crutches trying to play when it comes to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Like it's been nuts, man. Injuries happen, but high profile injuries at the position that the NFL has done so much to protect against injuries. It it was unavoidable this year. 
that's why when when you've seen plays this year when guys it, it feels like the defensive players doing what they're supposed to do when they sack the quarterback yeah and people flip out about what the heck i mean what are you supposed to do put him on a pillow i get it but it's also you look at the impact of when you lose that player at that position yeah it's it's you know it'll end your season at that point i mean the niners kudos to them and i hate to give the niners kudos but like what they did they had three quarterbacks this year and went on their fourth during the nfc championship game and then didn't have any quarterbacks left i i mean it just at that point it was over by the way, historically, like that, you know, they've lost their quarterbacks kind of at critical moments throughout their franchise of late when they've had uh, chances to have some real success. That being the case, though. Wait, real, real quick. During yeah. that game, though, something I want to talk about later, but we'll talk about it now since we're talking about the Eagles Niners. The biggest difference maker, I think, in that game, not necessarily Jalen Hurts. It was Hassan Reddick on the defensive side of the ball. And former Arizona Cardinal, draft, a number one draft pick by the Arizona Cardinals years ago. I was actually looking at the last 20 years because I had fans that that were saying, you know, why would you trade? If it's two picks for Sean Payton, why would you do that? Well, when we look at the last 20 years, other than Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, and probably Hassan Reddick, right? there's not many guys that you wouldn't trade for that. And, and seeing his impact on the game uh, yesterday... I mean, he was just phenomenal. And then when you look back, when the Cardinals decided to let him go or, or to not retain his services, he signed a one-year deal with Carolina for upwards of $8 million. I think it was $6.7 million. And then instead, they went off to sign J.J. Watt for some $30 million. Uh, it was, I think it was $15 million a year, something, something crazy like that. But uh, you look at what are the Cardinals looking like they need now with Chandler Jones leaving and with JJ Watt leaving Hassan Reddick is that guy. <laughs> and the yeah. Cardinals unfortunately did not play him in the position he needed to be played in over. I think it was four different coaching staffs or three different defensive coordinators. So, I mean, great for Hassan. Congrats to him. He'll be coming back to the Valley to play in the, in the Super Bowl. but just talk about missed opportunities. And, and obviously you and I will be talking about the draft a lot more over the coming weeks. Yeah. Uh, but that can't happen with the new, with your new GM and your new um, assistant GM and, and everything else you're going to do in scouting. You're going to have to draft the right guys and play them in the right position and then not let them leave. Like they need what? to get to the second contract. Because I was going to say, so like this season with the Eagles, 49 total tackles, 35 solo, 14 assists, 16, 16, I think, it, 16 sacks uh, for Hassan Reddick here with five forced fumbles, three recoveries to go along with it. Um, and the reason why I bring it up, because you look back at it, the one year with Carolina, 11 sack season, and the final year with Arizona, 12 and a half sacks with six forced fumbles. It's just here, and, and this happens to teams, so it's not... Um, it's not beating up on the Cardinals. You have to make different decisions. You go in certain directions. But to have a guy that's about to walk out the door seemingly show up in a big way and then see what the market ends up looking for him. He only signed a two-year upwards of $15 million, uh, for you know with the Eagles. So it's like it wasn't like the market was so robust. Finding a way to retain a guy that you actually were lucky enough to have drafted and let it be a piece of what you do going forward. It is one of those moments where you, you, I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you have to say, right, that kind of goes on the list of mistakes that have been made over the last four, five, six years that have led to a lot of frustrations. Well, it leads to the problems that you have today. I mean, marquee positions are the guys you have to retain. Corner, pass rush, you know, quarterback, 
offensive line, right tackle, uh, left tackle. Like, you know, there's just positions that you definitely have to, to make a priority. And he was one of them. Now, unfortunately at the time, and so I'll set the table for that at the time, it was his last year of his rookie contract. He hadn't played to that caliber until the final year. So the questions then become, is this just a guy playing Mm -hmm. up because it's a contract year? Well, the difference with him was, again, he was out of position till that last year. And he was only in that position because Chandler Jones went down with an injury. So ultimately, you know, no one was going to figure out the right secret sauce on Hassan Reddick if it wasn't for a lot of dominoes falling. And now he's, he's flourished with different regimes. How many years was Cliff there? Four. Jesus. God. (laughs) All right. Just, you know. I wanted to give him an out of like, well, you know, difficult because, and then, no, you're right there in the whole thick of it. You had him for multiple years, Mm -hmm. uh, saw him flourish, and then, you know. Anyway, we don't have to talk about him. He's the bad man. He's not in the building anymore. But speaking of someone who could be in the building potentially is obviously one Sean Payton. Some news here around uh, more interview requests for the the, uh, Arizona Cardinals looking at some of those teams that just got knocked out with the Bengals. We'll touch on them in a second. But the quote from Sean Payton coming out this week was, it's been a busy week, a great week, Payton said uh, on the Fox set here uh, covering, obviously, the NFL playoffs. We had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a lot of outstanding organizations that are obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think there's going to be more pressure on everyone who's covering it. I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get up to the right candidates. So um, I'll allow you to give your opinion here. Cause as we know, last week we ended the episode with you saying it's lunch, it's footsie, it's all happening. The sleepover, not leaving oh, the building. Oh, real the good building. at that time. Yeah, real he good. The, he left the building, Sean left. And you're seeing obviously now requests go in for additional interviews here. I think my opinion is, that Sean Payton is setting a very hard bo- hard, high bar, excuse me, for what he wants. He wants to be in total control. That's going to be the that's going to be the threshold, along with a significant payday. And I think that a lot of clubs are going to be having a hard time. And Arizona falls in this one, new GM now, and then you're going to walk in with a head coach that's going to say, "No, no, no, you're the GM." But just so you know, if I tell you what I want, the expectation is that you do it. How does that resonate with you? for the Arizona Cardinals specifically and for Sean Payton's coaching process. I mean, I think Sean is also practical that he would work. He he, he gets the relationship. It's all going to have sure. to work. Now, if he gets final say, I mean, who's going to question him? I mean, he's, he's had the experience. He's been around, you know, he, but he's never been he's a had, GM though. I, I get it. I get I'm just, it. I'm not knocking Sean Payton, but the idea yeah. that you're going to sign over full, full autonomy to him, that's that's a that is a big step. Like it is a big a commitment pro- to do that, and it could be a problem, right? It could yeah. it could not work for for the you know because of the of that demand, it may not work out. Um, hearing his comments on Fox Sunday morning about there will be clarity with him and other coaches, he thinks a lot of clarity will come out this week. It made me think. Well, listen, all roads are Arizona or back to Fox. I think, I don't think he's going to Indy. I don't think he's going to Houston. It sounds like uh, D'Amico Ryan's is going to go to Houston. Indy. It sounds like Jeff Saturday is going to continue to be Jeff Sunday and, yeah. and get that job. Um, Cause I, I'm not hearing a lot out of Indy, like in regards to them actually interviewing people. And then what, what other job am I? Oh, Denver, Denver's the, the big one. 
Um, I heard a rumor from someone the other day that they flew to Ann Arbor to go talk to um, Harbaugh on Saturday or Friday, one of the one of late last week after he's already said he's going back to Michigan. So you, you never know what's happening with Denver, and they're really the biggest contestant for Sean Services other than going back to Fox. I will say right now, as we're recording, some news has broke that uh, Vic Fangio will be the Dolphins' defensive coordinator. And the reason that's important is because rumors two weeks ago was that Fangio would be the D.C. uh, for Sean Payton in the event he comes back to coaching, uh, that he was already putting together his staff. So uh, I said over the weekend that I thought this would get done. I said, if you start seeing interviews – with other coaching candidates that would then tell me that that's probably not going to be done. And so we went all weekend with no news. And then all of a sudden today, which we'll get more into, but uh, the Cardinals have requested to interview the Bengals now that they're out of the playoffs, offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator and defensive coordinator. So they added two more candidates to the list, but that right away screams to me, okay, if you're taking other interviews and you're casting that wide net that Michael Bidwell said he would do, is that not now making you think like if Sean Payton's your guy, are you not all in on focusing on that? Like, why are you still talking to people? And so it's kind of a give or take here, either it's over. The dream is dead. And I now mm-hmm. seeing Vic Fangio take another a job. It may scream to me that Sean Payton might've talked to Vic Fangio and said, listen, I, I might not be coming back this year. Um, if, if he was definitely going to be the guy. And then the second part could be, or Arizona Cardinals are trying to create leverage to negotiate less picks to, to the Saints, trying to play hardball. Like, hey, no, we're gonna, we've got other <laughs> options over here that don't require draft picks. Right. So I thought the reason we were hearing everything, anything over the weekend was because they were probably talking with New Orleans about comp and trying to work out a deal. But now with, with the recent events, maybe not. No, 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 my friend. I think, um, yeah. Listen, if I, if you, if I, I, I wasn't bullish on it necessarily being a fait accompli when he went to the to have the meeting with the Cardinals and hearing one of his identified staff members m- commit to another position on another team. It does not look good. Like Sean Payton is coming back this particular season. Doesn't mean it can't change though, or that the Cardinals may not up it. Inside of these conversations could have been. This is my expectation for payment, you know, what I want to make each year. And maybe it is just a, negoci- a negotiation piece, um, I, I, you know. And again, I, I want to think I know that you have been hanging your your hat on Sean Payton and understandably like it's it's the best possible probably, you know, commitment you could have out there. Best way to turn around your team, pairing him with a quarterback. We're going to talk about a little bit later in Kyler Murray that he was fond of coming out of the draft, like all these things. Right. It all makes sense. And also. There was a nice report. I think it was Ian Rappaport who made just a little note that back when the Cardinals let uh, was it was it McCoy McKay that left in the interview process when they ended up with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was like the ended up being the backup plan to their mm-hmm. original intention when they were hiring a head coach back then, and that worked out for them. So maybe a coaching staff in the Cincinnati Bengals who've had a lot of success in recent years, right? Maybe you end up kind of, you know, getting lucky and falling into someone that needs that opportunity, and, you know, and you try to find the silver lining in this. At, at the very least, I don't think Cardinals fans should be looking at this as if Sean Payton goes one anywhere else or back to Fox, that it's somehow a loss or it's somehow a black stain on this Cardinals offseason. So as my dog barks loudly in the background, uh, 
so they requested also a, upset about the Sean Payton situation. Yeah, he's the dog is very upset about the Sean Payton situation. <laughs> I've raised them well. Um, Bengals offensive coordinator uh, Brian Callahan was one of the requests today. Yeah, and my only concern, like as you were talking about the Bengals, the success they've had. Well, when you look at that offensive roster, you know Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Samaji Pirine, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst this year. You look across what the the tools that they have. Is it hard for someone to coach those guys? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that talent, sure. it, it makes me a little nervous. Um, yeah, but wouldn't you say though? I mean, one of your biggest gripes with 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 Cliff Kingsbury was like you have plenty of talent and you just don't know where to line these guys up, right? We covered the season. Don't even know where to put wide receivers in the right positions in formation. So there's good point. Good point. It's, it's a give and a right? take. And I'm not trying to raise that as like a huge concern. I'm just saying like, no, okay. What, what was the success in prior years? I mean, I'd have to look at Callahan's, you know, all all the details, but that's just only the reserve that I would have. But I agree with you with the talent that you have in place can it's, it's a constant weighing of uh, when we look at our new GM, how much of that was Belichick, how much of that was Brady, how much of, of the success, success was there versus them and personnel getting the right guys, things to that nature. Right, right. Um, same situation here. How much of this is that just Joe Burrow is a freaking stud and so are his three wide receivers and, you know, any you or I could coach them. I, I don't know. And so, um, but I do like that they're going offensive, that they're at least taking another offensive coordinator candidate in, in regards to right now, the only other options were Frank Reich, who's now hired um, in Tennessee, and then Sean Payton, which that could be off the table. So this is your only offensive-minded candidate that is that that is known to be that they're talking about right now, right? Uh, or talking right. to all the rest are defensive coordinators. And I guess I, f- I forgot about this. Um, so there's a couple of things to note about Callahan. He had been he had been with the Raiders and then took over as their 13th head coach, he went back to, went to back-to-back AFC championship games, uh, West title games, excuse me, and then also winning. So that, that, and that is going back to 2 3 right? And then he goes down. I think he has some ties there to Tampa Bay as well uh, with his former boss there, John Gruden. So there is some, there are historical successes. The one note, too, I'll say on this is he's 66, and this feels like, let's go back the other way, right? Had a young coach, not not so sure that we like that. Our previous coach was Bruce Arians. He was on the older side. Let's get back to maybe age's wisdom here for the Arizona Cardinals potentially. But the other thing I forgot about, do you, rem- do you remember this? The controversy in January 2013, Callahan was publicly accused of sabotaging the Super Bowl by several former players. According to comments by Tim Brown and the others at the time, the Raiders struggled on offense during the Super Bowl because Callahan changed the game plan from a heavy run attack to a heavy passing one on the Friday before the game. Although some claim this was due uh, to an incident with a player, Brown offered no proof of the sabotage claim, but said, this is the problem we have because Callahan's relationship with Gruden, because of his disdain for the Raiders organization, that's what makes people get to that conclusion i do not remember any of that but there you go dude this is a, this guy is a, is a lightning rod for potential Bro, I, don't, I, I don't remember stuff from like a week ago let alone from 2013 that's why you read up on ago. this information yeah. you throw it out there like you know this is conspiracy theory territory I, when i was going over the cardinals last 20 years of draft picks i was like oh yeah we did take him in the first round like right. it was a lot of that um yeah. Well, anyway, that controversy aside, uh, he does have some experience. There is some resume there. 
and it's been a long time. Like it's been a long time since he was a head coach. It, if it's me, I would tend to lean towards not even a younger coach, but just maybe someone who hasn't seen that opportunity. Kansas City is obviously still playing, but when you think about their offensive coordinator, who continually seems to be almost up for but never quite getting a job, I might wait for him because he's mm-hmm. a guy that hasn't been in the in the position yet to show you what he's capable of, right? Whereas this is like, you know, usually guys that fail as head coaches or fizzle out as head coaches, they don't come back around a decade later. Like that's atypical in the old coaching carousel. Just go get Sean Payton. (laughs) I just don't know what else to say at this point. Well, no, because it's like all the other options don't seem great. Like everyone, the whole fan base and a lot of media, they all want D'Amico Ryans. Okay, D'Amico's off the table. And I've said this for weeks. I said, I feel like, D'Amico was never really an option. Uh, It didn't seem like the Cardinals really wanted him. It didn't seem like he wanted to come to Arizona. So otherwise there would be, there would have been prior to, uh, priority set when it came to meetings and everything else. And there just never was, they they never even met uh, to our knowledge. So I will say this, it it does again, scare me. And we've, we've had this conversation that the Cardinals keep identifying defensive coordinators as the possible solution because of the reasons we said on the last podcast, Okay, so then you get a good OC, and then they get poached just for a head coaching job later, right? After they turn this right. around in a year or two. Um, not ideal. So I did see a, a Twitter thread where someone was questioning how often defensive coordinators have had, or, or, or as head coaches, find success. Someone replied, uh, Carol, Belichick, McDermott, and Tomlin are guys that all seem all right as defensive coordinators that are head coaches. Of course, yes, that's sure. true. So then this this person rebuttals and says, well, that's four out of 32. (laughs) Only one head coach out of eight head coaches were in the divisional round uh, former that were former DCs. And then no head coaches in the conference round um, were former DCs. So when you look at the the I see two things when it comes to success in the NFL right now, when we look at the final four teams, one, all offensive mind coaches. Two, uh, you also look at how much they pay their quarterback. With the exception of Mahomes, Hurts on rookie deal, Purdy on rookie deal, and on the most fantastic deal (laughs) because he's uh, Mr. Irrelevant and then uh, not so irrelevant at this point. Uh, and then who am I missing? Burrow, rookie deal. So when, when you talk about that, the key to getting to a Super Bowl really becomes how much money, how much percentage of your cap and I've seen Justin Pugh, one of the Cardinals offensive linemen, go really deep on this, saying you can't be at about any more than 13% of the cap to find that success hmm. because you're not going to be able to have the talent in other areas that you need. And so when we look at Kyler Murray's contract right now, fantastic. This season, I think it was like 8% of the cap or something something like that. So right, right in the good sweet spot of where you want to be. But next year, and now we don't know what the cap number will be. So this that was 2023 for this upcoming season. But for 2024, without knowing what the cap will balloon up to, and current day, he makes up 20% of the cap. Right. So you're already way in the deep end of, of where you would want to be salary at the quarterback position. Now, that will come down a couple percentage notches. I bet somewhere in the 17-16 range. But you're still going to be over that 13%, which... Uh, when I read Justin Pugh's thread of arguments of why you don't want to do that, it was hard to dispute it. I mean, 
and it's going to be funny too because if they move if they move D Hop and they try to keep themselves under the cap, like that 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 percentage is maybe going to hang closer to twenty than fifteen mm-hmm. because we don't know if the Cardinals are going to spend all of the you know all of their possible capital they have available. And it is a reality if you're Sean Payton or otherwise. Like there are certain restrictions when it comes to the Cardinals that maybe there weren't in other teams, but everyone else seems mostly off the table here. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is the OC for the Chiefs. I want to make sure that I got his name out there. And uh, oddly enough, it was also reported that the Commanders are uh, have requested an interview for Bieniemy for the same position as OC for the Commanders. Um, underneath Ron Rivera, maybe that's a little bit of like preparing potentially. But if you remember, uh, out with Kansas City, they have Matt Nagy, who was brought back in as a senior assistant and quarterbacks coach. So there's like some speculation that like the enemy has no, there's nowhere Roll. to go. Like yeah, yeah. That, like that, that maybe and, and any chance to prove it is going out the window. I only I only say that to you know speculate the idea if he's going for interviews interviews for OC. Maybe you bring him in to interview him for the head coaching role. Maybe there's even an opportunity to bring him in for the OC role. Like if he legitimately starts being talked about as leaving on a lateral move, then I think if you go to defensive coordinator as your head coach elevation, you could maybe look across there and say, hey, we can get someone if you believe in him and what he's done out there with Mahomes under Andy Reid that can bring in a little bit of a different spark and a different style to Arizona. There's some risk reward, I think. Um, obviously, with any of these decisions the Cardinals are going to make. Go, go ahead before we tap into um, this uh, latest Kyler Murray update, too. Yeah, that that the Biennemi one has me a little concerned just because he's been up for head coaching jobs for the past few years. Nothing's happened there. He ended up going, you know, he declined at some point, went back to Kansas City. And, and then, the you know, the big talk there is that Andy Reid does the heavy lifting from play calling and, and everything else in, in Kansas City. So... I just don't know. I don't, I don't want, it makes me keep wondering, is he really the guy? Like I I would think with all the sexy names that get hired in the offensive circles, you would think he would already have a job. Right. And so I get Washington thinking, well, this will allow him play calling duties and not have to be under an Andy Reid. get, he'll get full Mm -hmm. autonomy to do what he wants to do. So good on them, but also I don't know if I want to follow Washington anywhere when it comes to their decisions. So, yeah. But, yeah, and when I, it, as it, it pertains to Kyler Murray, uh, that report that came out of the weekend, go ahead and hit that. Yeah, um, let's tap into that real quick here. And I'll just I'll just, I'll just briefly add on the enemy. He went from being a running backs coach uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. He went back to Colorado at the, at the collegiate level as an offense coordinator and then went to Kansas City. And that's probably what carries around on him. Because you were running backs coach, you didn't elevate inside the NFL, went to college, and then when you came back, you came back with Andy Reid, and it's hard to get out from underneath that shadow. Now, yeah, the news around one Kyler Murray, which you would assume impacts guys that want to take this job um, or considering taking this job, or whether or not they if they believe in Kyler Murray, it's that now the reports are for me and Rappaport and others, everybody basically is on it now, that there is a good chance. Well, one, that he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. That's off the table. But there's also a somewhat high percentage chance now that he cannot be ready all the way into the middle of the season. And this is where I think that if you are a coaching candidate, if you're not named Sean Payton, maybe you don't want anything to do with Arizona because there's nothing worse than being judged as a first-time head coach when you know you're walking into the season without your franchise quarterback for better or worse, let alone 
if he was healthy and trying to figure out what you have with him, what can you expect of him? What are the weapons you're going to have with him, depending on what happens with Hopkins? Like, there, it, it's so funny that things are so close for Arizona and like half a step away from being an absolute nightmare potentially. And that's what I think scared off a lot of other candidates inside of this, this process. And I'd be curious to hear what these coordinators say for the Bengals after they have their interviews. Do the Cardinals entertain Here we go. an idea of trading Kyler Murray? I, I asked you this question months ago. I know. But now, as we're months later, and I now look at like the cap situation of if you trade him now, it's only like $22 million, some, somewhere around that number. Do, <laughs> and I'm, I'm more posing it now in the sense of if this is the case and you have had coaching candidates be like, well, I don't know, because Kyler's talking about being out half the season and, you know, we, we may not have him. That's not a great start to my coaching tenure. Um, you know, prior when we were talking, maybe he'll be back in September, maybe he'll be back, you know, a couple weeks in, whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that would ever be entertained. But now when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know. And I remember saying to you at one point, and I thought it was crazy because of cap numbers and, and it's we're not playing Madden, but like right. an Aaron Rodgers. There's now rumors over the weekend in additional to Kyler Murray rumors. And I get Jordan Love is like they're the heir apparent, allegedly, but he's had opportunities. He hasn't been very good. Now the mm -hmm. offense hasn't been built around him and everything else, but whatever. What if <laughs> the Cardinals wanted to move Kyle and this may be completely crazy but what if they wanted to move Kyler Murray Kyler Murray as a stopgap in the interim I just don't know how you're going to do this monetary I, I don't get the cap numbers I don't have a cap expert I don't have any of that but Aaron Rodgers has gone on record now saying he is going to uh correct his contract or or reconstruct the contract to help Green Bay because yeah. he wants to leave and Green Bay essentially the report that came out this weekend they want him to leave they don't want him next year yeah. So nobody wants anybody there. <laughs> well, and it just feels like Aaron Rodgers is is a Michael Bidwell type of guy. Um, just my opinion. I think he's 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 a guy that I think Michael Bill likes the pocket quarterback. He likes the traditional. And yeah, Aaron can use his feet a little bit, but you know what I mean. He he likes that more than what he's dealing with now. The younger guy getting paid millions and millions of dollars that hasn't had any success or any. So real here's why. Here's why the here's why something like this could make sense. So the one thing, the one part of it is the Kyler Murray contract. The the dead money cap savings ratio only on post June one trade scenarios because the pre June one is the exponential dead cap number. You could take a thirteen million dollar dead cap and only save three million if you did it this off season. Twenty twenty four thirteen million thirty eight point eight in cap savings. So there are worlds feasibly where the where you could take. You know, that's not a sizable anything under 15 million in a dead cap, especially on a quarterback contract. That's yeah. manageable. Like you can you can work your way out of that. So there's we that side like we ate like 20 million on Sam Bradford, his final year. Right. So so you can you can make that decision if you want to. OK, then it's about where where could you send them? Right. Who would be interested? And what are you demanding that you get back in return? If it's ultimately just about moving off of it, then I think you could facilitate that somewhat easily. Because I could probably name half a dozen teams that would say, oh, we'll take the flyer on a contract that, yes, like runs through 2028. 
We understand what that looks like. I think that there are some out. There's, there's probably some outs in there as well. Like there, there's options that you could do and saying like, maybe we take a, a flyer that he comes back midway through the season, looks good for the back half of the year. And we either have our quarterback or someone that we could potentially move the following season. Right. It, um, it would be Deshaun Watson all over again. Like you're going right. to give, you're taking on a huge contract for a guy that's great unknown at that point. And, and, I, and I think at least at this moment, you would say Deshaun Watson showed significantly more with consistency prior to his issues that took of him course. away from the game than Kyler yeah. has to this point, but not to But he was also removed for what, two seasons? Or- 100%. Yeah. So the other thing then, though, for the Aaron Rodgers perspective, this is, this is to me the scenario that could make a lot of sense for the Cardinals if you're trying to get away from Kyler and if you're thinking about the, the both and. I want to compete now because there's there's a lot of talent on this roster. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't work within two years, I want to be high in the draft, rebuilding this thing. And that's the Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, that's the Aaron Rodgers. And maybe you don't trade DeAndre Hopkins because you could say you want that big contract. We'll stick around for a year with Aaron Rodgers here and everything else. So it, it's interesting, man. And, and if it were me... I would be interested in going down the Aaron Rodgers road more than I would be if I'm a new GM or a new head coach uh-huh. continuing the path of Kyler Murray because there's unproven and there's proven. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, still has two very high-quality years ahead of him. And, and I saw people questioning because I, I speculated this on Twitter and I saw some replies from like – Well, it it wasn't a direct reply, but I'm sure I wasn't the only one that's questioning Kyler Murray. Um but Alex Clancy, who we've had on the podcast before uh, from Locked On Cardinals, he then posted something along the lines of people need to chill the hell out on Kyler Murray. He was a front running MVP candidate in the middle of the 2021 season. Last year was a mess. He's a work in progress. But the recency bias uh, taking hold and uh, forgetting the potential greatness in him is mind boggling to me. I said, yes, I agree to an extent. But my reply to that and my biggest concerns for Kyler Murray that I want to get out there is the concerns are similarly are, are seemingly around lack of leadership uh, and people skills. Like Kyler, it seems, does not have the best people skills when it comes just to working with a team of 52 other individuals. Right. And uh, ego that is felt to only get worse. That's one. Uh, also, the QBIQ slash study habits. Will those improve during rehab? Mm-hmm. Because clearly they were a concern going into giving him that huge contract. And now with that, he's been paid. I think all these are fair to question, right? That MVP yeah. push in 2021, we've only seen a decline since then. So how do we fix this with Kyler Murray or do you? And so that's, that's where now I'm kind of getting in the camp of what you were asking before of, do you look at trading Kyler Murray in the sense of, do you just say cut our losses? We've already cut our losses on head coach. We've cut our losses on GM. Do we, do we cut all three? Do we cut Kyler Murray? Yeah, it's interesting. Cause, and it's funny to add to the, the, the recency bias is always a part of it. Like guys get elevated yeah. guys, get, you know, they ebbs and flows, right? Even, even Aaron Rodgers, by the way, gets talked about, as if, ah, well, he's probably cooked for his career, had a thumb injury this season, is just coming off having MVP seasons, and didn't necessarily have weapons, younger players, et cetera. So it's very easy to have narrative shifts. So I agree with that. But the thing about Kyler, it's like, so on the one hand, his QBR this year before the injury would have still kept him, I think, like the top 12, top 15-ish kind of area. But 
there's all the things about whether or not he's respected in the locker room, whether he's a leader. Go back to the 2021 season. The biggest concern that you probably have is, I mean, listen, he had a 63 QBR that year, and he had monster QBRs. Like, open the season on 88, 78, multiple in the 60s, multiple in the 80s. But the last five games down the stretch had just one significant performance when he played against Dallas and got that 25-22 win in 83 mm-hmm. QBR. The other four games around that, 45, 44, 52, and 8. And then we know what happened in the postseason where he posted a QBR against the Rams of 9.9. Like, the question is, is this guy having a – has he been shell-shocked by the game, right? Did that end of 2021 in that disastrous fashion – just kind of have this long-term lingering impact. It could just be that he's frustrated with Cliff Kingsbury, frustrated with with the offense is being run, whatever the case may be. (laughs) I would, again, if I'm a new GM, I'm very hard-pressed without having direct conversations and feeling like, oh, okay, I get it. The organization has been a mess, but you can be our guy. Unless I feel 100% in that, I'm exploring every option because you're only Mm -hmm. one more year away from then saying, now we're locked in. Now the money gets bigger. Now the problems get bigger. And we don't know if we're going to be able to fit all the pieces around Kyler for him to be successful. So, And just think about the comp that you can get for him today versus the comp that you'd get from him a year from now if he doesn't sure. come back to form. I, I well, mean, and the thing is, too, and it's like very quickly, because I was just like thinking about this, a great way to think about this is Aaron Rodgers is going to leave from Green Bay. And we have heard the New York Jets are hot in on the conversation. Well, maybe Kyler Murray becomes the other option for teams that pursue Aaron Rodgers and don't uh-huh. get who they want. You go out to the free agent market. What's going to happen with Garoppolo? What's going to happen with some of these names? Tannenhill could be gone from Tennessee. If you're those teams and you hear the price is not that high, you can turn around and say, hey, Kyler Murray might be worth the flyer to see if we can ramp this thing back up immediately. And, and there's a lot of teams, I think. Uh, specifically out in the AFC and even a couple in the NFC that I could see taking a look at them, including the Colts, including the Titans, including the Texans, right? The entire AFC South might love the opportunity just to get a guy who at least has the ceiling of a number one, of a high-end pick, even if they don't know how deep the floor could be. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I think... Right, trade Kyler, we agree. The, yeah, I, I, I am not necessarily, not necessarily saying trade Kyler, but I'm also saying like at this point, if you aren't going to get option. the yeah, and if you aren't going to get the coach that you think is the guy to help fix Kyler, also so true. if you're going to go yeah. some other coach here that you're like, yeah, this ain't going to work, well then let's let's move now. I, I mean that that's kind of my opinion of the matter, but we also have plenty of time to explore this <laughs> as the offseason yeah. carries on. Yeah, we'll, well actually we don't then. because it'll need to be traded by like March thirtieth. I believe. <laughs> well, right. If you're looking to get that. Well, again, remember though, so that post June one versus pre June one, right? So you're going to run into interesting things around the cap ramifications. Yeah, I don't know. That. I don't know how that all works. I just saw that like by March 30th, that's when his next. Oh, like, that. Oh, right. 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 The commitment of his contract will be there for in. them. Yeah. 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 So ultimately like to make it work, they would need to do it by then is what I, what I thought I read, but so, Coming up then, just as the tease for next episode, we can yeah. think about, like, if it isn't Sean, like, is it Sean Payton? Hopefully we've is, hired someone by next episode. You know, it's a couple more days. Like we're we're, we're going to be into February, and we have not hired a head coach. It's crazy. Problem, no. But but it'll be interesting to see if it is, if those things do correlate. Was it Sean Payton was the, was the target in order to get the most out of Kyler? And is there a secondary option for Arizona where they feel like Kyler can still very much be a part of things going forward? But that's... That's for next time when hopefully, as uh, as Tyler says, we'll actually have a coach in place here for the Cardinals. 
they're going to end up signing free agent Daniel Jones. You know, you never know. Getting those waters, stealing away <laughs> from New York. What is uh? I got to ask you before we wrap this fine uh, episode. Mm-hmm. What is the little foot? Is that a little football guy behind you there in the in the corner? Oh, this is. What I got a couple that? different things here. No, this here is. This is a Brooklyn net. Oh, you know, little, he's got all these things there. And then if we're really gonna break it down, this is for list. Always good if you're a listener because you're not actually seeing this. But I also have my New York Giant totem, which has everything from the yeah. old school early days logo. I have that the one. Cardinal one, but yours is cooler. <laughs> well, yes. As a, well, listen, come on. Yeah. Is the Cardinal one behind me? No, no, it's in the other room. Um, well, now that we're just killing time here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining this. Uh, another great we'll edition of a in, a bit. in the Valley podcast. He is the voice of the bird God producer, Adam. Uh, I am Tyler with Bird Gang Travel. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram at Bird Gang Travel. Uh, have some cool events coming up uh, week of the Super Bowl. So if you want to get involved on some fun stuff, there's a comedy mm-hmm. show Wednesday uh, leading up with, I think Jake Plummer is going to be there. I know Frank Sanders will be there. Larry Centers, a bunch of uh, Jake Plummer's coming down from the mountain. Yeah. He's coming out from, where is he? Montana or something? Yeah. Yeah. He's, right. he's coming down uh, long hair and all uh, and crazy beard. But uh, yeah, Jake will be there for the comedy show Wednesday night. We have details on our socials. And then we also have a a cool opportunity for like an upscale tailgate and viewing party over at Westgate the day of the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So you can check out all that info again on our Instagram or on our Twitter at Bergang Travel. Um, And don't forget, our trips and stuff will be dropped here in two months. We're getting really close. So if you're thinking about wanting to go to Pittsburgh next year or Philadelphia, or maybe to go see the Super Bowl champs, the Eagles, oh. uh, we might be taking a trip there. So all, all kinds of cool things that will come down the pipe here as, as the weeks go on, but follow us there. Also download, subscribe to this fine program, wherever you get podcasts, you can also go to cardinalspodcast.com to find the quickest way and whatever you do, always kick off in the Valley. Ka-ka! We are the bird gang, watch us soar Fight, fight, fight with the victory roar Arizona bird gang, Cardinals cheer Let the-